it's April, which means it's draft month, and it's Monday, which means a new mock draft over at the Draft Network, meaning it's a mock draft Monday. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome in to the Monday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schuber back with you here once again on the show. For those of you listening in the podcast feed, hope you all had a great weekend. Hope you enjoyed your weekend. Hope you are excited that the, the page has turned and it is draft month. We are here. We are counting down the days uh, to the NFL draft. For those of you in the YouTube chat, hanging out with us on YouTube for the live recording, the live video edition of the show, hope you are having a great day as well. We were talking in the pre-show a little bit some of your off-the-wall questions, but hope everyone's having a great Monday, a great start to their week. So a lot of fun. Again, if you if you maybe you missed a couple of the episodes last week, you didn't hear the news, uh, for those of you in the podcast feed, live YouTube versions of this show every day, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're on YouTube. We're hanging out. The comments are going wild. We got all sorts of questions floating in there. We were talking about the Savannah Bananas in the pre-show, so a lot of fun can be had uh, in the pre-show and hanging out with us on YouTube. But again, hope everybody had a great weekend. We've got a very fun show here today for you, a Mock Draft Monday edition of TDN Daily, and I figured with this being the first edition that was going to be live on YouTube, that was going to be live uh, in, in video form, that we could talk about some mock drafts, and the latest mock draft uh, from the Draft Network, from Damian Parson, kicked off April uh, with a mock draft, and we are getting ever so closer uh, to the, that day when we find out who the Carolina Panthers uh, have taken with the number one overall pick. Lots of questions already filing in in the chat, uh, asking me what I would do if I was in charge of the Panthers, uh, talking about the Texans. We will get to all of it, and the way we are going to break this down here on the show today, we're going to do it in a couple of different uh, sections, I would say. We're obviously going to talk about the quarterbacks. Those are the big storyline right now because we don't know what is going to happen with the number one overall pick. I also have listed here, I will show it off uh, uh, to YouTube. I have my notes here, my notes for, for the show. Uh, we've got my surprise picks. I think maybe the team fit or where a player went that was a surprise to me. We've got my favorite picks. I've got two of them for you. And then my least favorite pick. And throughout the course of this conversation, if you're hanging out with us in the YouTube channel, uh, please uh, throw your comments in there and I will weave them in uh, as we go through. The conversation, And again, I think the place to start here, if you don't have the mock draft open, if you haven't seen the mock draft, you're going to want to head over to thedraftnetwork.com and have that open while we are having uh, this conversation uh, about the mock draft. Damian Parson worked very hard on the April edition of the mock draft, and we will start with the quarterbacks because I think that is the place where everybody would like to start. It was the focus of the latest edition of the Prospects and Props podcast. If you haven't listened to that, myself, Jamie Eisner, launching a new podcast today in your podcast feeds where we talk about NFL gambling, uh, NFL draft. Uh, listen, don't be uh, – excuse the podcast listeners. We got the chat being upset about what is being referred to as a nightlight in the corner here, Okay. The light is just so I don't trip and fall in the middle of the night if I have to come in here to do something. It's just It's just a motion light, okay? And there's a lot of motion in the room, so it's gone off. Easy there, chat. Easy. So we've got the quarterback conversation that we're going to have. We've got surprises, favorites, and least favorite. And, and again, the chat is going to troll me here throughout the course of the show. Not a surprise that my the background, my, my backdrop, the subject of uh, the trolling of the YouTube comments. So Damian put this mock draft together. Uh, and, of course, we will start with the quarterbacks uh, because they are the biggest conversation. They are the biggest needle movers right now because I think as the top 10 picks of the draft uh, iron themselves out and where the quarterbacks go inside that top 10 is going to dictate 
uh, a lot with the way the first round plays out. So here are how DP sees the quarterbacks in the latest edition of his mock draft, the way he sees the quarterbacks playing out, and then we'll dive into my thoughts on where these quarterbacks sit. So at number one, he's got C.J. Stroud of Ohio State going to the Carolina Panthers. Now, I will tell you that tracks with the uh, the mock draft from last week. That tracks with the consensus of the betting odds right now that C.J. Stroud is the favorite. That trends that tracks with a lot of the trends that we see right now. The Houston Texans, Bryce Young, uh, quarterback out of Alabama, going number two. We will talk about the Houston Texans. I have more to say about my big my big talking point that they should not take a quarterback with the number one the number two overall pick, excuse me. Uh, I will emphasize that even more so here in just a second. Indianapolis at pick number four, selecting Anthony Richardson, quarterback from Florida. And this one might be a surprise, although the trends, the latest rumors, the latest buzz tell us that maybe we should start thinking about this team as a candidate for a quarterback. Although I don't know if it will be where they're currently picking at number seven, but DP with pick number seven has the Las Vegas Raiders selecting Will Levis. So four quarterbacks inside the top seven that tracks with everything that we have seen recently in that regard uh, the order cj bryce anthony richardson will levis that tracks with the way we've seen the odds trend uh with this now again i think anybody who's going to speak from a place of certainty about the way that this is going to play out and speaks from a place of certainty with the order of these four quarterbacks, I, I think is is being disingenuous right i think it's very easy uh, and i'm, I'm going to do it here on the show and raise my hand and say we don't know. We don't know what is going to happen. Nobody knows what the Carolina Panthers are doing with the number one pick. I don't think the Carolina Panthers know what they're doing with the number one pick just yet. This is going to be an extensive process. They made the trade up from nine all the way up to one to box everybody out, to put themselves in a position, to not be able to have their quarterback taken from them. They don't want... They've boxed everybody else out. Nobody can get in their way. But I still think this is an extensive process. I still think they're going to spend the next 20-plus days or so having that conversation. And I see the sports not put in there a question of, if I was in charge of the Carolina Panthers, who are you taking at number one, Bryce, CJ, or Richardson? Now, you did leave out Will Levis. I feel like that was by design. And I can't answer that question because... there's a lot that goes in to the way Caroline is going to be thinking. You have David Tepper, and we know David Tepper has been looking to get a quarterback since the moment he has taken over as the owner of the Carolina Panthers. This has been uh, the the golden goose, the white whale that they have been searching for is to get themselves a franchise quarterback. And so when that has been the mantra, that has been the thing that they have been searching for since he has taken over, you can convince yourself of any of the three names that you're mentioning. Now, I'll tell you, you brought in a new head coach in Frank Reich. You've put together one of the more impressive coaching staffs, one of the more impressive coaching staffs we've seen in recent memory with what they've put together on both sides of the ball. I understand the talking points of everything that Josh McCown, the quarterback coach, has said about different quarterbacks. But to me, you you need to blend the idea of who can help us win now because we put together a roster that, that can probably win a division that's wide open for the taking and also maximizing your long-term ability. And with that being said, I can't fault them if they ultimately take Anthony Richardson. I couldn't fault them if they take Bryce Young, if they believe that the ceilings of those two players are higher uh, than maybe the other two. Maybe Will Levis moves in there as well. I would tell you, I'll tell you right now, I would not want to be, as somebody who's been in this situation before where their team has been, you know, needed to take a quarterback for the last decade plus, I'm, you know, I, there are, 
I wouldn't want to be making this decision. There are uh, different making these quarterbacks and differentiating between them is a tough task because there are two buckets. I will say that these quarterbacks fall into. You have bucket number one that is the production at the collegiate level, and that is where C.J. Stroud and that is where Bryce Young fit. Right, they are the guys that produce at the highest level of this of this group uh, in college. Uh, national championship pedigree, college football playoff pedigree. You got Bryce Young who won a Heisman. I mean, you have championship level pedigree at the collegiate level from both of those quarterbacks. Then you have the upside guys in the in the other bucket, the Anthony Richardson and the Will Levis, uh, guys that maybe didn't reach the collegiate success that people thought they could. But you're betting on the tr- the tools, you're betting on the traits. You believe that those guys have a higher ceiling than maybe a C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. I will tell you, within those two buckets that I just gave to you, inside of those two buckets. I think there are many buckets that we are seeing play out here over the last six weeks or so. Because in the bucket of the tools and the traits, betting on the higher ceiling in the Anthony Richardson and Will Levis conversation, doesn't it feel to you listening to the podcast, the YouTube chat that's hanging out with me, doesn't it feel that one of those guys is trending in an upward direction and one of those guys is trending in a downward direction? Doesn't it feel like Anthony Richardson with his pro day, with... with, with everything that it, it, the rise that we have seen through this process for him, with hearing about how great some visits have gone, again we already mentioned the pro day looking very good. That he feels like he is on the way up. Where you have Will Levis didn't participate in the Senior Bowl, was banged up, and he's watching other guys have better pro days. Right, Bryce impressed in his pro day, Anthony Richardson imp- impressed in his pro day, and so there's and there was already kind of a growing momentum to say, yeah, maybe Will's not it. Maybe Will is QB four in this class. So again, inside that bucket. One guy trending upward, one guy trending downward. Then in the other bucket, the bucket of the proven collegiate track record, the trophy cabinet filled up for both of these guys, you have Bryce Young, who's got the size, the weight concerns, maybe checked the arm strength box at his pro day looking very good. And then you've got C.J. Stroud, who somewhat falls into the the box of just being a Matt quarterback because he's from Ohio State. Unfortunately, Ohio State quarterbacks have a track record of not having a ton of success at the NFL level. There are other quarterbacks whose tools and traits you can fall in love with. And so maybe there's not as much buzz about C.J. Stroud, yet the betting markets have C.J. Stroud you know, towards the top of those odds. I believe in some books he is the, the top quarterback, the favorite to go number one overall. That is where we're at with these quarterbacks. At least that's how I see them at this juncture, where there is two specific buckets and I think within those buckets, there's buckets that you could put these quarterbacks quarterbacks into. And some some comments from the chat. Brayden talks about how we're getting to the point where some media are focused on Levis's bodybuilding. I mean, again, we are talking about everything with Will Levis. It's all over the place. It's all over the map. And again, in the latest edition of the mock draft, Damian Parson has him going seventh to the Las Vegas Raiders. And now we know, and again, I, I'll tell you folks, and, and I'm going to make a, a sport reference that maybe not everyone's a huge fan of, but for those of you that are maybe fans of Formula One, you will understand the reference that I'm making because there's a point of the Formula One season where the next year's driver setups and which teams are going to have which drivers for the following year becomes a big talking point. Drivers are talking to other teams. Other teams are talking to other drivers. Drivers that are out of the sport are potentially getting back into the sport. We're talking about rule changes for next year. There is a common phrase amongst those in uh, the F1 media about that time period where all of that happens. They refer to it as silly season. It is silly season where all of that chaos is happening. Folks, it's silly season. We have turned the page. 
It is April 3rd. It is draft month. We are counting down the days to the NFL draft. We have entered silly season. We've got rumors floating all over the place. The Titans are talking about trading up to number three. Could the Raiders move up for Anthony Richardson after his pro day? Maybe they like Will Levis. Maybe they'll trade. There is stuff floating everywhere this time of year specifically in this month during a year where we don't know who the number one pick is. Love the chaos, love the anarchy, love everything about what the next 20-plus days are going to be for all of us. That's just the quarterback conversation. I just talked about four guys. We went for 13 minutes. That's the chaos that can be at the top. And again, I I think anybody that speaks with any level of certainty about the way that this is going to play out in 20-plus days... don't believe them. There's a, And I'm the first person to raise my hand and say, we do not know what is going on. Guess what? That's part of the fun. That's part of the the, the chaos. That's part of the, the excitement that is the NFL draft. So those are the quarterbacks. Damien's got four quarterbacks. I'm sorry, I'm checking off my boxes here to make sure I talk about everything. We don't completely sidebar. Those are the four quarterbacks. That's where Damien has them going. And again, I think the Vegas is a team that is, the trends say are going in that direction of could be interested in a quarterback. Now, I'm going to ask the chat a question here. While we do this, give me your, if you've had a chance to see the mock draft, give me your surprise picks from this mock draft. Would love to hear what you all think about this mock draft and maybe some of the surprises. Now, it doesn't mean good surprise, doesn't mean bad surprise, just surprise. Just something that when I was scrolling through the mock draft and doing prep for the show, it made me, I perked up a little bit. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's that's a surprise. Didn't think uh, DP would put that player with that team or, oh, that, that team picked that guy. Those types of reactions. Good, bad, indifferent. Just something that was a surprise to you. I will start with the pick. I've got two of them written down here. I will start with the pick at number 14 for the New England Patriots. Not the position. Not the fact that they went with a wide receiver with pick 14. But with the name and what this means for this player. Because in the latest edition of uh, Mock Draft Over at thedraftnetwork.com, Damian Parson, with pick number 14 to the New England Patriots, gave them... Zay Flowers, wide receiver from Boston College. We talk, Trends are the theme of today's show. You want to talk about a guy who's trending in the right direction. Zay Flowers is a guy who is on the ascent in that regard. Uh, buzz, uh, the momentum train, like leaving the station for him. Uh, there's been a lot of that since uh, the, um, the all-star game circuit for Zay Flowers. I will tell you. The reason why this is a surprise for me is not the talent of Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers is a very talented wide receiver. You do worry about maybe the, the size a little bit. But Zay Flowers would check in here in this context as wide receiver two behind Quentin Johnston. So Quentin Johnston for DP wide receiver one. He goes two picks in front of Zay Flowers to the Houston Texans. But you have Zay Flowers as wide receiver two. Jackson Smith and Jigba goes with the next pick. And I'm scrolling through to make sure I name all of the wide receivers that get selected in the first round. Jordan Addison goes at pick number 23 for the Baltimore Ravens. Scrolling through a little bit further, make sure I don't miss anybody. That's it. Those are all the wide receivers. So Zay Flowers being wide receiver too, that's that's a shock. That's a bit of a surprise, to me at least. You've, you've seen Quentin Johnson kind of be the, the, the standard wide receiver one for a lot of people. I think Jackson Smith and Jigba check some of the boxes with a good pro day, and so I think maybe some of the concerns that people had of him falling to the second round because he wasn't on the field a lot last season could potentially uh, be pushed to the side a little bit, and I'm not that worried about him. I, I got to tell you, I'll ask, I'll ask the chat this question. Those of you listening in the podcast feed, you can answer this question out loud as well. Doesn't it feel like Jordan Addison is just falling just because? Jordan Addison has been been a good productive wide receiver. Was a good productive wide receiver to Pitt. 
was a good productive wide receiver at USC, and it feels like he is falling because he had been the wide receiver one in a lot of people's minds for a really long time, and he's just kind of stumbling down the board, and we're kind of forgetting about Jordan Addison. And to me, that that would be a mistake. I, I feel like we're going to look up maybe uh, in a year or two if, if this plays out this way where Jordan Addison slides and is not one of the first two wide receivers off the board. We're going to be like, huh, kind of overthought that one a little bit. Kind of maybe should have read a little bit more into the fact that Jordan Addison was a very productive wide receiver at the collegiate level and should, should have probably drafted him. So that's one for me. Uh, the chat, a bunch of people mentioned um, Mozzie Smith uh, was a big one. Uh, Sam mentioned that. Uh, Josh has Mozzie Smith seems insane to me. Thinks he's a lot closer uh, to Damian Harrison than Dexter Lawrence. Uh, we've got some Drew Sanders to Buffalo as well. Bijan to New Orleans. Don't worry. Bijan to New Orleans makes it into another category here in just a little bit. Don't you worry. Uh, the other surprise for me... Uh, not that I'm upset about this one. This one, we give DP a round of approval, uh, a round of applause, the seal of approval, uh, because this is one of those uh, guys that DP, I'm with you. This guy deserves more love. I love the team fit. I love the player. I, I love the problems that he's going to cause for teams. And that is Luke Musgrave going number 22 overall right after the Miami Dolphins forfeited their pick with the 21st overall pick. Luke Musgrave to the Los Angeles Chargers, which would make, and I just want to just double-check because I did the math in the pre-show, Luke Musgrave, tight end out of Oregon State, tight end one. And DP, you tell everybody. You make sure everybody knows that Luke Musgrave is tight end one because I'm with you. He is my tight end one. He's big. He's athletic. A guy that big with that kind of size shouldn't be able to move that fluidly. Uh, he impressed at the Senior Bowl again. The only question about Luke Musgrave would be the health, the fact that there's not a lot of tape for him, only played in, what, two games a year ago? Those are the concerns that you have with Luke Musgrave. But overall, you've got a athletic, high-ceiling, big-size prototype at the position that you could give to Justin Herbert. That would, that, would be, that would be pretty good. That would be pretty scary for teams in the AFC that have to play the Los Angeles Chargers on a regular basis, specifically the teams in the AFC West. Sam, in all caps, echoing uh, me when I say don't the Houston Texans should not draft a quarterback, he says don't draft a tight end in round one. I mean, how could you how could you say no to Luke Musgrave? Two tight ends go in round one, I believe, in, in this draft. Michael Mayer goes 29 to the Cincinnati Bengals as well. But could you imagine Luke Musgrave? That size with Justin Herbert would be a problem. We're going to talk about Justin Herbert a little bit later in the week. Got a fun uh, concept uh, for, for everybody. We'll talk about the quarterback contract landscape. We've got a couple of guys, uh, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, uh, Justin uh, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, and Joe Burrow, all uh, you know uh, eligible for contracts. So we'll have that conversation uh, a little bit later in the week. So those are my two sur surprises. My favorite picks, these are my two favorite picks, and uh, there have been some conversations about these players uh, in the chat. I love, and everybody knows, this has been a brand guy for me since getting a chance to see him in person for a couple of days uh, down at the Senior Bowl. Uh, in some of the shows that we did after the Senior Bowl, I talked about this guy. Uh, I've made it clear to anybody that will listen to me, I love this guy at this position. Uh, I love the fit. Uh, I think this team, uh, getting a guy like this would be awesome. But Doug Peterson and the Jacksonville Jaguars adding Julius Brent's first-round corner with pick number 25. And I love the fact that Julius Brent is undergoing uh, a, a rise late in this process that doesn't feel driven by hype, doesn't feel driven by 
just buzz and rumors. This guy has balled out throughout this process. He had a great week at the Senior Bowl. That momentum carried into uh, the Combine, which can carry into your Pro Day. Again, if you start your hype train, if you start your momentum train early enough, that buzz can carry you. And again, Julius has got great tape from K-State. He's got the size. I mean, you put, throw on the tape of Julius Branson, you see uh, uh, the size that he is able, the length that he's able to cover. Maybe not as fast as you would like, but that length can make up for a lot of those things. And I think in this general defense, it would be a very welcome sight to have somebody like Julius Brents uh, to be able to shut down opposing teams' uh, top wide receivers. So I love that. Love to see Julius in the first round. He's one of my brand guys. Uh, glad to see that he's getting that first round bust. And then another guy for me, another Senior Bowl guy. Love those Senior Bowl guys that I get a chance to see up in person. And boy, is is has there never been a better player and the way that he plays that I think matches with a city and the way that they identify with their football team more so than John Michael Schmitz going number 20 overall to the Seattle Seahawks. You want to talk about a guy that fits the way Seattle wants to play. They play tough. They play physical. They build at the lines. That's that's the way that they are designed. That's the way Pete Carroll has set up this team since he's gotten there. And John Michael Schmitz plays with a nasty streak that is infectious. He gets teammates fired up. He gets people standing on the sidelines fired up. This is a guy. And again, you assign Geno Smith to the big-time contract. You're going to want to protect Geno Smith. Uh, over the next, what, two seasons at least of that contract that you think he's going to play out. Let's say maybe you do flirt with the idea of taking a quarterback with your top 10 pick. I think they pick, what, five, six. They might take a quarterback there as well. So long-term, you're going to want John Michael Smith to protect whoever your future quarterback is, but also you want that guy to be able to protect, uh, you know, Geno Smith in the short term. So that's another, that's a big one. That's another one that's a, a really good pick. So those would be my two favorites. Uh, those are, you know, two that really stood out to me. And I love Musgrave tight end one. I just, I thought it was a surprise that he was DP's tight end one. Okay. We are going to close up the show with discussing my least favorite picks. And we will get to some of your maybe questions, your thoughts on the draft, the mock draft, maybe things that I missed uh, in putting together this show. My least favorite pick, and this is tough. This is very, very tough because I understand that people are going to be upset with me because I love... In capital, I, I will write it down here for the YouTube chat, and I will show it to everybody. I love this player. Love. All capital letters. Love this player. Think most teams should consider drafting this player. Think most teams would be better off with this player on their team. Not sure. I love Bijan Robinson being the selection at number 30 for the New Orleans Saints. Again, love Bijan. Think Bijan is a top five player in this draft class, and that might be doing him a disservice. He would be an impact starter on all 32 teams. He would just be excellent. Would be just going to be a great running back in this league. But we got to discuss value, needs, where you're at in your life cycle, everything that's going on. The New Orleans Saints just signed Derek Carr to a big contract. He's their quarterback moving forward. They're starting a window with him. They do have Alvin Kamara, although there's a looming suspension that exists here potentially for him with those legal issues. I look at a team that's got other things they need to address. 
other areas of concern. I also don't know if they will utilize Bijan in the right way for him to be successful. To me, I get it, and I see it in the chat. Crush brings up a, a very valid counterpoint to the argument that I'm making. At some point, value is value. You're right. If Bijan Robinson's on the board at 30, it, it's going to be tough. It, it, there's guys are gonna scouts are gonna look at each other. Executives are gonna look at each other in the room and be like, "What? I didn't expect this. I didn't expect Bijan to be here. What do we do now? We've got like a top five grade on this guy. What do we do? He's here inside. You know, we're picking thirty. He's here. What do we do? I get it. That conversation is very real. That conversation will happen if if this scenario plays out. But it just feels as if the Saints have other things that they need to address other areas that they need to help support Derek Carr more so than getting a running back. And, and as much as we love Bijan, as much as I think he would be a franchise cornerstone uh, for a lot, if not all the teams in the, in the NFL, it's still not one of those positions that is viewed as a top tier. You have to have a, a, a home run player at that position in order to win a championship. The Kansas City Chiefs just won a Super Bowl. Isaiah Pacheco is a great player was what, a seventh-round draft pick? You don't need to invest top-end capital in that position to find success. And I think that's the issue that I have with the pick. Again, I think it makes sense from the context of it's another offensive weapon for Derek Carr. I get it. But I just think with all of the other needs that they have, I think they need help on the defensive side of the ball. They lost you know, a ton of guys in free agency. Uh, I think they need help with, a little bit more with the protection of Derek Carr. I think they need some help with the wide receiver position as well. They've got other needs that they need to address. Now, I'll tell you, I'd feel a little bit better about it if they trade. This is weird to say. I'd feel better if they traded up for him. If they were like, this is our guy. We're, we're going to go up and get him. But to, to sit here at 30, let the board fall, it just feels weird to me. This feels a little weird to me to make this selection. They they don't need a running back to, to find success. And, and Josh mentions it in the chat. Uh, yeah, if you signed Derek Carr, you were expecting win. They don't need a running back to do that. And again, I, I, even if Alvin Kamara is suspended for a little bit, what do we think that suspension is going to be? Two, four, six games at most, maybe? Again, we don't know, but you're still going to have Alvin Kamara. And so it, doesn't it, isn't there a little bit of redundancy at that point when you've got other glaring needs? If the Saints were... If the Saints were the Philadelphia Eagles, who are picking at 30, 31 here in this draft. Now you can play the game of, like Crush said, at some point value is value. Yes, Howie Roseman doesn't draft running backs. Yes, they have a, a, a way that they've gone, gone about doing it. But you're sitting there at 31, and you're like, holy smokes. We, we've got B. John Robinson available. Well, let's go take him. Yes, and Crush brings up a good point that they got the pick from the Peyton trade, so in my head it hurts a little less. I get it. But again, they didn't have a first-round pick. Because they've been giving those picks away, and so they they get a pick back. We got to use it. We got to we 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 don't have these picks. We didn't have a pick. We've now got a pick. We got to make the most out of it. We we got to make the most out of these picks. So, uh, to the podcast listeners of the show, greatly appreciate you joining us here on the show again. The live version uh, of the show on YouTube, so you can see the video version. You can hang out with me and everybody in the YouTube chat. Uh, thanks to you for rating, reviewing, subscribing, following along with us uh, on this show. Uh, it has been a lot of fun. The video version, uh, very excited to bring that to you. Very excited to see uh, where this grows from here. So uh, for those of you listening in the podcast feed, want to thank you for joining us here on the show today. Hope everybody makes it a great rest of their Monday. I will talk to you all tomorrow.